Welcome back to Raging Workaholics. We got another uh, a return guest. So Ryan's got to be with Miles yep. and him, and then me and him one other time. And Miles is off. Who the heck knows Who what knows? he's doing? I don't know. You don't know. No, no nobody clue. knows. He just texted and said, "Hey, I'm not showing up." <laughs> Find and somebody else. I mean, yes, he is in a position where he can do that now. Uh-huh. Um, but it is also nice that he trusts me enough to take his take his chair mm-hmm. on the podcast and get things rolling without him. So. I think it's because he saw the the um, ratings after the last one where you on. Was it a good one? Than him. It was actually did better than the like the following episode where he was back. <laughs> Yep. Let's go. Let's, let's <laughs> make sure we know that and that'll lead into yeah. what we're gonna talk about today. Hell too. yeah. But okay. Another part of what we're gonna or we're gonna talk about is uh you kind of look like a lawn guy. I don't know if it's the polo that you're wearing right now. Well, I'm a golf guy to begin with. Uh-huh. And with golf becomes nice fairways, nice greens, nice grass in general. Yes. Uh so I think it started with home ownership. Yeah. You don't really understand the true meaning of being like a lawn care nut mm-hmm. until you own your own home and you have to take care of your own, your own yard. Mm-hmm. So for probably, yeah, probably the last three years I have, I won't let anyone else mow the lawn. I uh-huh. do it all myself, yeah. do all the spraying, all that kind of stuff. Uh-huh. And, uh, kind of a lawn care nut yeah well and you probably or if not yet you should be using simple on solutions jugs of it jugs of it yeah yes (laughs) because it's so easy it is yes just hook it up to the hose right on your lawn and let all your neighbors be jealous of your lawn exactly that's how it works and you guys a little bit of tlc yeah yeah do you guys go roll around in it or just uh the dog does for sure yeah (laughs) i walk around with my with my shoes off that's for sure that's my type of therapy shoes off in the lush plush grass yep that's awesome so if you are uh in the july heat here and need some re um to put some stuff on your lawn to make sure that it stays green in this hot heat uh go check out simple on solutions they got all the things you need they got all this stuff. All this stuff. Hell yeah. And what we're going to talk about today is competition. Ooh, I love it. And competition. So competition on your lawn is one thing. Big time. Competition in the workplace. Now we said start a little competition with Miles. The, yes. the guest speakers. Downloads. Guest people have more downloads yeah. than when <laughs> yeah. he's here. No, just keep that in mind, Miles. <laughs> uh, so what is your opinion on competition in the workplace healthy unhealthy what what is it what does it look like for you guys in your environment yeah i think in my opinion i i think it is definitely a healthy thing mm-hmm. but i do think and i am i fall victim to this as well but i think people can take it a little bit too far i do think i take it a little bit too far sometimes okay. because um my entire life i you know a sports guy right is baseball basketball um all the way up through through college played baseball in college so i've always been a competitive guy right mm-hmm. and even post college it's like well now that i'm not playing sports how do i stay competitive because th- that's kind of like what drives me for the day to day it's like how do i get the discipline the motivation to get up and and do a good job that day to get mm-hmm. a little bit better than i was the day before mm-hmm. and um through that sometime is like um you know it's it's whether i uh just spur a what's the word i'm trying to think of like an imaginary competition in my head yeah or there actually is one in the workplace mm-hmm. um i need some of that in my life in order to uh propel myself day to day so i'm very good at uh you know whether it's competing against another business or, hey, I see this guy is doing a really good job or this business is doing a really good job and I want to one up them. Mm-hmm. I think I can do a better job. Mm-hmm. Um, that is something that definitely helps me, uh, you know, be productive and have a good, good workflow on mm-hmm. the day to day basis. 
And I do think that is healthy for a lot of people. But like in the the inner inner workforce, yeah, on your own team, I also think that is healthy to have competition because then you know you're trying to propel your team up and up and up. And if you guys can keep you know taking one step forward every single day by competing against each other, mm-hmm. I think it's a really good thing. Mm-hmm. However, I have gotten to a point now where it's like, well, I'm out packing T-shirts, right? It's a very you know just about anyone could could hop up and start to pack some t-shirts mm-hmm. but i think i can do it the fastest uh-huh. and if i hear someone out there saying like oh my god uh this person is like one of the fastest packers that i've ever seen mm-hmm. then i need to make the point where it's like well i think i can pack faster than them uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> because <laughs> that's where my, my mind went is do you yeah. guys have like a t-shirt production contest yes exactly mm-hmm. i i was competing with matt a couple of weeks ago we were boxing koozies and yeah. like, he was on the table next to me and I was dedicated to get more koozies packed. Yes, 100%. <laughs> and I think that's a healthy thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I also think it can be a little bit a little bit too much mm-hmm. when it's like whenever it comes to anything, you know, someone's like, well, um, you know, I, I think I'm really good at cornhole. Mm-hmm. Like it has nothing to do with what we're doing here at, here at the office. Right. And they're my coworker. But well, you know what? I think I'm better at cornhole than you. Mm-hmm. We should go play for like a $50 game. Uh-huh. Money's also a big, uh, a big co- like competitive thing for me. Okay. Especially on the golf course. It's yeah. like, if I'm going to go play golf and I, and I want to go like 10 bucks a hole with my buddy, well, uh-huh. I could lose $180, yeah. but because we're playing for $10 a hole, that is going to propel me to hopefully play a little bit better. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so <laughs> it is, to a point it has Mm -hmm. taken over a lot of what i do on a daily basis i don't get competitive with my wife because Mm -hmm. um because you'd lose exactly (laughs) because i'd lose um but i do think when i have kids in the future i'll i'll get competitive with them yeah um and you know whether i'm going about that the right way i don't know Mm -hmm. but i'd like to hope that it's you know the fastest packer in the office i hope they get a little bit faster because they know I'm maybe nipping at their heels when it comes to that. Uh So overall, I think it's a healthy thing, but I also think that it can be taken a little bit too far Uh uh, in my case. And uh, that, but again, that's what, that's what fuels me. So I think as long as people understand like, Hey, let Ryan say what he wants to say. Mm -hmm. Let him like, let him think he's the fastest packer because that's what fuels him to be a better person, be a better, Mm -hmm. a packer, whatever I'm doing. Mm -hmm. Um, So I do think it's a healthy thing. Yeah, no, I I would agree. There's the yeah, no, the Midwest, yeah, no. Yeah, no, no, for sure. Yeah. uh (laughs) Um, So I think it's healthy. And what what my mind went to is let Ryan think that is like, just give him, because you also don't want to blow people out of the water because then it's just fun, right? So if you're packing twice as fast, as everybody else then it's like come on guys i'm not even this isn't even a competition yes so they got to give you enough heat to make you interested though right that's super funny um i get called competitive a lot and i'm not positive on why that is but well i i don't know maybe if i've sat in that for a little bit of time i could probably <laughs> figure it out yeah because uh, in my mind i'm competing against myself yep and who i was yesterday right yep. so if if I want to do things better, or have more letters behind my name or whatever that is, that has nothing to do with you. Yes. It has everything to do with me and what I want to do with my um, gifts and, and my life. Um, so it's really interesting to me when people say that, that because um, on all the personality profiles and all those things, I don't have high competition. Okay. So uh, like strengths finder competition is one of the 31 strengths or whatever. And mine's low. And is that competition with others or is that competition with like, how does that personality test read that? Right. That, that one particular must be competition with others. Okay. Yep. Because 
100% competitive with myself. Sure. Um, Which is probably why it doesn't show up on the personality test. Right. Because, yeah. Yeah. And my um, my sister keeps calling me out on being competitive and she'll be like the one who's challenging me and she'd kill me for saying this <laughs> online, but it's okay. She probably doesn't listen. Um, like, she'll be like, I think we should take an intelligence test because I think I'm smarter than you. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't care if you want to. Right. I guess we can, you know, and let it be what it'll be. But I'm, you know, you're still going to be my sister at the right. end of the day. Yeah, so, exactly. And it doesn't matter. Yep. So what are you what are you gonna do? Tell our my, our kids and your kids that you're smarter than me. <laughs> exactly. Whatever you got to do to make yourself feel better, that's fine. Right. Uh, so there's just like little things in there. So I'm curious how I breed it. Um, in our organization, we have um, so we have eight, and five of them played college sports. Okay. Five, four, four. Um, and not just like the intramurals, like sure, actual like actual college, college sports. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and so they're they're naturally a little bit more competitive, mm-hmm. right? Which is which shows up really great. And and then also because of the workload, the way that we have it, they're not competing with each other. They're again just competing with themselves, okay. just being better this month than you were last month. Yep. Um, so that's really fun to see. And um, if I have any advice uh, for people on hiring is hire a, a student athlete. Hundred percent. We're we're pretty stacked with them here. Yeah. Um, I know we just lost one a couple weeks ago, but for a majority of like the first 10 employees, I would say for the first 10, I would say six or seven of them were college athletes. Yeah. Cause they learn how to work. Correct. Uh, you know, they get a, when you're in college, full load of school on yep. top of workouts and all the things yep. and competi- and competing to be better and yep. doing all the things and, and being then, part of a team. Yeah. Being mm-hmm. part of a team. So I think that's just one nugget for people if, if that's not always the case. And yeah. There's no uh, law that says you can't discriminate an athlete, athlete sure. versus not athlete. Yeah. That's not one of the protected classes. Okay, good, good. <laughs> so, um, so that competition breeds naturally. The one thing that I'm super curious about, and maybe just because I haven't done enough, um, like socio sociology research on how this interacts in mm-hmm. the workplace or developmental, because competition like can be healthy but when does it reach the unhealthy point where it starts to demotivate people yep and i think one is just culture so if you have a competitive culture and you hire to that culture it's going to be successful yeah but if say you're an organization that has hundreds of employees again you can kind of higher towards that culture yep. but if you're trying to change the culture from a non-competitive to competitive the growing pains in that like, cause I feel like some people get paralyzed. Like if you put the salespeople for sure, right. It's a comp, there's so it's many all it things, is, yeah. things It can be a competition. And, um, my brother-in-law leads a sales group and I'm curious if he's done any, he's been with them for like seven years, any research or like has data on, okay, as these new workforce come in, where do they lose their steam? Yeah. Because I'm new to this business. They're in the real estate business, single family home sellers or agents. Yep. So in when you're new in the business, it takes a, a while to get traction. And if I'm comparing myself to somebody who's been in this business for 10 years, yeah. that feels can feel defeating. Big time. So like how do you as a leader manage that? How do yeah, how do you yeah. manage that? No, that is interesting. And I can I I also feel myself too. I 
I think competition within the work workforce for me is uh, I like to be competitive against other people who are not vocally competitive themselves. Okay. So if I was, if there was another me in the office mm -hmm. where it's like, oh, I'm better than, than you at this or I'm better than you, like we're both going back and forth at it. I don't think that would drive or motivate me as much. Okay. Um, but I've noticed, uh, you know, we hired a new employee, um, part-time guy, like, I don't know, few months ago. Mm -hmm. uh, he has a lot more experience than me. Mm -hmm. He has own, he owns and operates a very successful business mm -hmm. through a pandemic, came out way ahead of everybody else. Mm -hmm. And I, and he's not vocal about his competitiveness at all. Mm -hmm. And I also see uh, myself getting caught in a trap of like, well, son of a bitch, like how did, how did I not come up with that? Mm -hmm. I'm the t-shirt guy. Right. And he just came up with a t-shirt guy idea. <laughs> like, how did I, how did I not think about that? Mm -hmm. And it's like, I keep getting caught up in, in, in thinking to myself, like, well, why am I not doing that stuff? Yeah. Well, maybe it's just because he has more experience than me. Mm -hmm. Um, he has better leadership quali qualities than me because he's been through more life stuff than I have yeah. business stuff that I have, mm -hmm. um, to where that is not a healthy competition for me. Mm -hmm. That should be more of a learning curve for me yeah. to be like, Hey, I don't want to compete against you. Mm -hmm. I want to learn from you. So like, take me under your wing. Yeah. I can put my ego aside and be like, okay, maybe I'm not, maybe I just need to take a step back instead of trying to be better than you. Mm -hmm. I need to just try and mirror you. Yeah. And then, and then once I, I catch onto those skills, then my goal is to not be better than you, but just to to be a better version of myself that hopefully gets me to be better than you, if yeah. you will. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. so yeah, it's an interesting dynamic between like when is when is being competitive like not a very good thing? I think that's one situation for it. Mm -hmm. Um and I think too, when people are in uh like the same workplace for a long enough time with the same employees, that can you get blinders. Mm -hmm. You get blinders on where it's like, well, because I'm in it every single day with these other people, I like, I don't think of, I don't get as creative or I don't think of as much stuff as I should have. But when you bring someone new in, mm -hmm. like for instance, you're a car salesman, right? You've been there for 20 years and then you got this, this new guy who comes in and it's kind of changing the course of the business and how they sell cars and they're starting to maybe blow you out of the water. I think that's some good competition. Mm -hmm. But when you get stuck with the same people who have blinders on and you don't have any, you know, fresh meat, I guess you could say mm -hmm. coming in, I think things can get a little bit stale. Mm -hmm. So it's like, the question is how do you, when that is the case, when maybe you don't have the resources to bring someone new in, or you just don't need to bring someone else new in, yep. how do you breed that competition to get people to start working harder yeah. um, when the blinders are on? Mm -hmm. And then setting goals. I, first of all, I want to acknowledge your um, self-awareness and your, uh, not checking your ego on that yeah, because that's it's hard. Oh, for sure. And, f and for sh that makes a ton of sense. And in this short amount of time that you've been interacting yeah. with this individual, you've already acknowledged that, Hey, they just probably have different experiences <laughs> yeah. and that's okay. Yeah. Um, and rather than competing with them, I'm going to learn from them. Yeah. So that, like cause it would have been, I have a, somebody else that I'm coaching that is having a similar situation and they're just defeated yeah like that was gonna that was supposed to be for me exactly and it th th it's been a month now and just every conversation is really just that was supposed to be for me yes. and we keep try i keep trying and we keep trying to like change the mindset because you can learn from this yeah and mm -hmm. you can be better because of it so kudos to you for Thank realizing you. that because yeah. not a lot it takes a minute and it's really just an yeah. ego check, check. It's frustrating, dude. And I'm still like, I'm still trying to get, well, and I'm at the point now where it's like, well, instead of having to sit down and read a book on how to like have these leadership skills or how to like 
find this creative way. Mm -hmm. Well, I, ha I have the person in front of me. Mm -hmm. So why not just take that for what it is mm -hmm. and save the 12 bucks on Amazon to where you can read a book <laughs> and get that information yeah. and learn firsthand. Because I I learn a lot better by doing mm -hmm. and messing up and then fixing mistakes than I do by um, just uh, taking the application of something from a book and be oh. like, this is how it's going to be. 100%. Because maybe that's just not how it's going to be, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So I, yeah. that's how I learn best. Yeah. Um, and I have him in the room. So yeah. it's like, let's ask away. Yeah. In a sense, it also like right away when I was having these thoughts, it was, um, I, I almost felt like devalued as an employee. It's like, well, if I'm not coming up with this stuff and that was like mm -hmm. my job, quote mm -hmm. unquote, mm -hmm. it's like, well, what am I good for then? Yeah. And so mm -hmm. there's kind of like that, that denial stage of like, you know, what, well, what now, what mm -hmm. am, now, what am I good for? Yeah. Um, but I think even if I haven't found that yet, there is something out there that I'm good for. Um, and I will, I will eventually get myself into that where it's like, okay, this is what I'm meant to do. The business is growing. We're going through a bunch of changes and you're not just, you don't just want to be the t-shirt guy mm -hmm. for the next 25 years, 30 <laughs> years before you retire. Right. Right. You're going to work yourself into different positions um, and you know, part of that, it's going to breed new competition as well. It's like, mm -hmm. Hey, I'm, uh, jumping into a new sector of this business that I'm not familiar with. Mm -hmm. So let's see how good we can get at that. Mm -hmm. Let's, let's formulate some maybe fake competitions within my mind. Mm -hmm. I also like to do that. Yeah. It's like, well, this, this person or this scenario is not even real. Well, mm -hmm. it's like, well, I need it. I need to think it's real mm -hmm. because then that's what helps drive and motivate me to, to be better. Yeah. So there's also like these, uh, these fake competitions that I will generate in my mind mm -hmm. just to like maybe make me get through a day or a week or a month mm -hmm. uh, until I can be like, okay, this is it. This is, this is, that's what I'm competing against right there. Yeah. Yeah. The um, Matthew McConaughey has a talk, I don't know, his award or whatever. And he talks sure. about the person he's going to be in 10 years. <coughs> and Great speech, yeah. by the way. Mm -hmm. So go check that out. And that I think is super important. Like when you say, do I'm not I don't want to be the t-shirt guy for the next 25 years yeah. so really focusing on that um that's pretty cool uh as far as um where was it gonna go with that I had an idea and now it left me do you want to be the biggest consulting firm in the Heck, area no 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 see I that's interesting not. yeah because and I think just with based off the people I work with and even like miles himself mm -hmm. like I want to be I want to help make this thing in the biggest media company in the Midwest. Yeah. So the reason that it's easy for me to say no is because of all the things that I get to see. Sure. And that bigger is not better. Okay. And I have had, especially in the last year, um, lots of conversations from organizations that are really focused on growth in like, for instance, one of the one of the ones yesterday, and this is a company that's not even in our region, um, their sales are up. 10 to 15% or whatever yep. profits are down a ton. Sure. Um, so why work harder for less money? Right. So there's a sweet spot and yeah. that's what I try to encourage all my clients to try and find the sweet spot. If, if you're a miles or whatever, and you just want to be the biggest, Yep. whatever, figure out what that means. Is that revenue? Is that people? What does that mean? Yeah. Because big, is relevant. Sure. It's until you know what you're measuring against. So one, we should challenge him on defining that is what that is. Yeah. Because when you think of the biggest media company, it's like, 
Yeah. What, what, what does that look like? Mm -hmm. Is that overall dollars? Yeah. Is that having more employees? Is that putting out more videos or, you know, what is that? Yeah. Or just influence, right? Because (laughs) you'll be, if you're going to compete in the media sector, then does ABC and NBC count? Yeah, exactly. But they're very different than what you guys do. And I think influence is a big, is is a big one. Oh, for sure. Um, Influence eyeballs. And it's not, I mean, yes, eyeballs are great, but if we can, if we can capture the like um the loyal eyeballs mm-hmm. and keep those people around for a long time. I think those people are worth a lot more than the, you know, one million three second views that we might get on any given day. Mm-hmm. Right. If we can get half a million one minute views for the next 10 years, mm-hmm. we have half a million people that could buy merchandise from us or could subscribe to our Patreon mm-hmm. or any of that kind of stuff. So I think that's a lot more valuable than uh, just the random people scrolling by on Facebook who really don't care. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So knowing what you're measuring in the bit yes. would be important. Yep. As far as us not wanting that, it doesn't mean that like, uh, like right now I have an opportunity to do big things and to make a big decision that then amplifies us and stuff. So, but part of it is like, uh, the, and I think this is part of the generational change too. So the baby boomers were all about work. Yep. work you work to live, not live to work, whatever, whatever, yep. one, one way or the other. And then this younger generation or our generation has a different work-life balance, right? Yep. So we want it, we work and we want to spend time with our families and yep. do the things and not have to work all the time and tell our kids we can't go to their sporting events because we had to work or whatever. Um, which is just a different way of looking. Neither one is right or wrong. Um, it's just different. Yep. And, um, during certain periods of my life, I, you know, we talk about seasons, I'll want different things. So that I'll push at certain points and, and want to retract at other points Yeah, and just creating enough flexibility around that. So the, the part of our business is helping people solve prob- people problems because yeah. if you got people, you got problems, right? Because it just is. Yeah. We, we are all mm-hmm. a u- unique, but not that unique individuals that are not that easy to lead and manage. Yeah. And that's if we talk about like how much time and leadership is spent on actually doing tasks versus uh, managing people. Yep. It's all managing people. That's all it is, is leadership and or motivating people and figuring out like, how do I get them to do the things, influence all the things. Um, but so then if you have 500 in your downline, that's a lot different than having five big time as far as like, Hey, I want to just take off the rest of the day and go to work. Right. Yep. My phone's not ringing. And granted you can have 500 and have a awesome number two, three, five or whatever, you know, have people under you that then shield you from a lot of that as well. So I'm not saying that it's impossible, but I've, I've seen it too often that people want to get big and then they're making less money. They have less freedom, Yep, less of all the things that they were aiming for because they were going after the big. Yeah. More, more people, more problems, more money, more problems. Mm -hmm. So when you start making more money and you start hiring more people, uh, you're asking for your deathbed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, unless you hire the right team, obviously. Right. The right team. Uh, yes. Like Ryan. Sure. And yeah. Ben. Yep, exactly. But they're taken, so you can't have them. Yeah, sorry. Yes. I mean, money talks, though. So. <laughs> True. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> but that's the other thing, too. And I'd love to find this study to see what it is now after inflation. But pre-COVID, yeah. there was a study that I read about that, like, I think the the number was 80,000. So if you made 80,000 
the law of diminishing returns means the more you get, the less the the caveat gets smaller. The the in this case, it was happiness. Okay. So at eighty thousand dollars a year annual salaries, where the happiest people are. So above that, you don't like dollar for dollar get more happy. Right. And below that, you have other struggles that you have to deal with. So of course, that number is probably higher now yeah. that we're in hyperinflation. But it's it, there is a number. So like making a shit ton of money doesn't necessarily <laughs> make you happy. And that is written everywhere in who, people who make money yes. or whatever. It just makes things certain things easier yes doesn't necessarily make you more happy well i think finding other things to uh kind of drive you to work harder and make more money is is important mm -hmm. it shouldn't you shouldn't just put a dollar value on it because right. if you say i mean for the longest time when i graduated college it's like well i want to make this much money because mm -hmm. i think and then the more money i make the happier i'm going to be because then the more stuff i can buy yeah but it's just like I've been able to do that, not to the extent of what I, the thoughts I had in college, right. but been able to do some of that. Mm -hmm. And, um, it's just like, you know, I bought a new truck in February. It's mm -hmm. like, well, it was sweet to show my friends for the first time. <laughs> yeah. And then after that, it was like, well, it just gets me from point A to point B. And now I have a $400 payment per month. <laughs> yes. It's not that sweet. And today, like I had a, like my tires leaking and I have a crack in my windshield mm -hmm. and I needed to get an oil change. So it's like, well, there's another let's say $600 yep. after the windshield mm -hmm. that I need to, it's like, it's, it's not that sweet. No. Um, no. so I think I, if you can learn to manage your money for you mm -hmm. and to be able to live a comfortable lifestyle, then that's like, that's where the happiness falls into play. Yeah. It yeah. doesn't matter how much you make. Uh -uh. Um, but as long as you're showing up and giving a hundred percent every day mm -hmm. and which isn't realistic in my mind, mm -hmm. um, because everyone has off days. It's like professional athletes have off days. Some guys will go four for four one day on the, on the baseball field and then go zero for four with three strikeouts the next day. Yeah. Or like training my dog, for instance, like she'd have a, rock star day one day mm -hmm. in the field and then the next day she would just be completely off. I think employees are the same way. Yeah. But as long as you can, some days you just have to go through the motions just yeah. to get yourself through because you're still doing a little bit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so being able to do that is huge, but the dollar value is, uh, I think it's very skewed. Mm -hmm. It's like, well, you're making a hundred thousand now and you know, I want to make two fifty in the next five years. Well, mm -hmm. What's that going to do for you? Yeah, don't do it. You just pay most of that to taxes. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you um, and then there. you have to buy you buy a bigger house. Well, yeah. then you just have more house to clean. Yeah. Right. So <laughs> right. you have a bigger yard to mow, and you might have to get a riding lawnmower for another fifteen grand. Right. And there's just so much stuff that piles up. Yes. You know, the the bigger you go, in some cases, um, the more work it is. Mm -hmm. But yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, yeah. So tying, tying that into competition, do you guys have anything like, um, and then the other thing that I see, I see in some organizations as you hop in and they got the, um, TV screens and they have like calls per minute or, sure. you know, or even, and I used to work at the Dairy Queen in high school. Yeah. Restaurants are huge for that yeah. screen. And we had, uh, like a, a little, we, so the drive through the, time it starts tracking the time from the minute the car enters the pad sure. to where they place their order till till you clear it yeah um and it starts blinking at two minutes so uh, me and my sister used to rock the holly dairy queen on sundays which were are the busiest days because everybody's returning from the lake yeah and nice. our goal was to try and keep mo all orders under two minutes nice. which is aggressive yeah especially if there's food in there because the fryer takes about that long yep. for sure for fries um so it but it was fun but that blinking light so that like do you guys have any like displays or 
actual competitions going on in your organization? Um, that, that, that's a tough one for us. I think for us, it's more so like a shipping window. Mm-hmm. Um, like, you know, how caught up on web orders can we be? Mm-hmm. Is it like, Hey, our, if, if last week we were in a 10 day shipping window and this week we're in a two to three day shipping window okay. and you have a little bit more opportunity to like, uh, maybe come over to the content side and BS a little bit more and maybe go for a walk on your lunch break or mm-hmm. anything like that. Um, you know, you're in a really good place when you can do that kind of stuff because mm-hmm. a lot of the work's been done and mm-hmm. you're in the shipping window that you want to be in. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't have like a, an electronic, like blinking light that, uh-huh. that shows you that, but, uh, internally, mentally, you, you know where you're at with that. Yeah. Uh, for me back when I was printing t-shirts, it was like, well, if I have 10 boxes on the floor, um, emptying out a box of blank t-shirts to then be printed was like huge for me Yeah, because you can see that progression. And then when you have 10, 10 full boxes mm-hmm. and you knock it all the way down to one full box, you're like, holy smokes, that was some great progression. Uh-huh. And it's only been like five or six hours. Uh-huh. Um, that was a big time metric for me. And I think that's like, that was where the... Um, that's where I got the the most satisfaction out of was emptying boxes out as minuscule as that can sound. Um, it felt good. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's interesting. The box per hour. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. (laughs) Pretty much. Uh, but it does, it matters, right? So you want to be better and, and see the progress. So little wins. How do you, um, when, with new people coming in and doing production, let's just say, how do you kind of set the bar so that it's not, not again, demotivating, but also like, Hey, we got to get a lot of stuff done in a little bit amount of time. That's, that is something that I more so throw onto the guys that we currently have. Yeah. Um, because I know the guys that are in the, like the higher up positions out in our, on our production team are the ones who are going to be, you know, probably putting in the most work Mm -hmm. and doing, doing the best job because number one, they're in the position because they've been here longest. Um, so normally like putting those people to be trained in under, under like our top guys, if you will, is, uh, like it's a big starter for that. Mm -hmm. Um, because, coming in as a new person, you have like this new sense of like, okay, I am starting a new job. I want to do as best job as possible. Mm-hmm. I want to go fast. I want to learn things really quickly. Um, I think it's important to put them underneath someone who you know already does that. Mm-hmm. And by doing that, I think you can spark the fire a little bit quicker. And also they're not learning bad habits from the start. If you put them underneath someone who is like kind of your mediocre employee, someone who just fills a spot, if you will, um, that can, you know, that sets the bar at a, Mm -hmm. at a mediocre rate. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So by, you know, it it might not be convenient to put them underneath your top guy because Mm -hmm. should they be, but maybe that's also a new position for them. It's like, Hey, I want you training in new people because you set the bar really high. Mm -hmm. I think if this new person can start out here, mm-hmm. it's going to be a lot more beneficial for us down the road. Yeah. And in a prior episode, I don't remember if it was coaching, but we talked about um, creating expectations and then letting people meet the bar. Right. Mm-hmm. So if somebody comes in and is being trained by somebody who does a mediocre job, yep. the bar is now mediocre versus exactly. training under somebody who has a high expectation. Now the bar is high. Yep. So mm-hmm. it definitely is important, um, especially those first few days or yeah. weeks and making sure that they know what the expectation is. Yes. Yeah. And create it high. Yes, exactly. Yeah. That's awesome. 
Any other thoughts on competition and in the workplace? I got I got none. I like I love it. I like it a lot. Sometimes it can get uh, sometimes it can get a little too overbearing for myself. Yeah. Um. So sometimes it just seems to be like, all right, well, fine. You're better at this than me today. But <laughs> when I come back tomorrow, you better buckle up because <laughs> buckle up. Uh, yeah. Baby. <laughs> exactly. Ryan is coming tomorrow. Yep. That's funny. Yep. The other thing that I thought was interesting, and now that I'm di- I'm diving back in, is that you make little competitions with yourself. Yeah. Um, I have to. Yeah, that doesn't work for me. Okay. It, which is funny. I mean, like it does and it doesn't. Like with my business, do having more billable time every every month is yep. fine. Um, but like when I set goals for myself and I don't communicate them to anybody else, okay, Maybe that's the key. Um, it just doesn't happen. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. So even like to the point where I, yesterday, somebody, um, we had, I had to get something done today. So because I know my psychology, I just text the person and said, I will be getting that done tomorrow. Yep. So then now I'll feel bad if I don't get it done where before, if I went to set anything then I would have been like me, they don't have an expectation. It's yeah. fine. But so I, I'm weird like that. You almost need somebody else to kind of hold you accountable. To yeah. Get it done. And they don't even need to hold me accountable. Like mm-hmm. I just have to say it to them. So then I don't let them down. Gotcha. Um, where I'll let myself down all the time. Sure. It's yeah. weird. So that, that was yeah. interesting that you said you'll set competition with yeah. yourself. But. And I usually don't tell people about them, yeah. uh, which is, again, that's kind of where we differ there too yeah. is. Um, I'll more so keep them to myself. If someone asks, I'll tell them. Yeah. Uh, but normally, why are you sweating while you're packing? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was watching cops earlier. <laughs> don't worry about it. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I I I normally don't tell people, but me, I think, but I like communicating that stuff because yeah. I think it's I think it's cool for other people to know, like, hey, what what are your goals, right? Mm-hmm. And then maybe they'll tell you what theirs are, and you get into a good deep conversation. I like that kind of thing. Yeah. So um. Yeah, maybe I need to start doing that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Cool. Okay, well, that's competition yeah. in the workplace. Yeah. I think it's healthy to, a, to an extent. Yep, Same. good and bad, just like everything Yes. in moderation. Yep. So thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next time. See you guys. See you.